brought to you by Prescient Investment Management. Informed by science, guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP. Welcome to Honest Money. Uh, we're, we're, we've got a bit of a special episode today because we're talking about, uh, about something at the end of life, not at something at the beginning of life. We're talking about wills, uh, why they're important, why somebody needs them, what are these things. Uh, and, and so it's not really my area of focus. So I'm, I'm bringing in, a, I don't want to say a heavyweight because that sounds like he's overweight and he's not, uh, but, but I'm bringing in some backup. Uh, Terence Tobin, he's the founder of Rich Ideas. He, he runs a financial planning business. He, he understands uh, the, the kind of life cycle of, of financial planning uh, and, and especially kind of an all-around good guy because he, you know, every year when it's Will's Week, He'll go out there and he'll, uh, I shouldn't say forever because maybe one day he'll stop, but he dishes out lots and lots of free wills to people. It's something he deeply believes in and, and to do something like that for free uh, makes him kind of a special guy in my book. And so I'm really glad to have you on the show, Terence. Warren, thanks very much for having me on the show. So we're talking about wills uh, and, and maybe just to kick off, what on earth is a will? In my mind, a will is your ultimate beneficiary nomination document. So we work hard during our lifetime. We come and have sessions with Warren Ingram of Galileo. We create our wealth and we want to leave behind our wealth to people that matter to us, people that we care about. And we want to make sure we do it as tax efficiently and as easily as possible. And and so it's it's a... It's kind of a legal document, right? It's got specific uh, uh, legal frameworks, um, and and uh, the, when you die, the the person that looks uh, looks at that will that you've appointed to kind of um, execute your wishes, they're actually funny enough called the executor, and and that person comes along and says, "I'm going to follow obviously the law, but I'm going to follow the wishes of the person that's died, and I'm going to implement those on their behalf," uh, and and so it it kind of changes your status from from being obviously uh, i mean one day you're alive and the next day you're dead but uh but, but what your will does is it creates kind of a new legal person right estate late it creates it creates somebody that uh that in law exists for a period of time and and the person that acts for that 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 uh, estate late is the executor and it's their job to to follow your your wishes as long as, as i and let me say again as long as it's within the law you can't tell them to do funny things uh, um, but, but, but it's their job to kind of make sure that everything happens as efficiently as possible. Correct. Yeah, so they, they step into your shoes when you're no longer here and exactly that. They wear your hat um, and within the parameters of the, the frameworks of the various laws, they need to now take that will and exactly as you said, go from paragraph one, sentence one and do as instructed where they possibly can. So we call that our valid and executable will. Um, and like you said, their role is an executor. You have the freedom of choice, Warren, that you can nominate an executor that you wish. It is recommended that that person has sufficient skill, competence, knowledge. They know what they're doing because you don't want to run into delays. Um, and you also have that choice to co-opt in or to make a third party an executor. This is someone now generally of legal standing or a board certified person, someone who does this day to day. And yes, they are entitled to a fee, which yes, is negotiable. So that fee currently is set at 3.5% excluding VAT or 4.025 including VAT. And again, negotiable on the size of their state, the amount of work that needs to be done. 
because winding up an estate is no easy task. I think just to explain that to people, so so there 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 uh, when this starts, there there is a. Uh, a, a beloved government department, as all government departments are, and and that's called the master's office, uh, and and the the executor needs to deal with this master's office, and they need to beg and plead them just to do their jobs, uh, be, because a lot of stuff is required here, you know, to to kind of explain to everybody whether it's banks, uh, insurance companies, uh, you know, the deeds office if you own property, uh, SIPSI if you own a company. <clears throat> All of these organ organizations now need to know that someone has died and and they, and also who the new owner is going to be. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of that has to go through this master's office, which is not a picture of efficiency. So so when people say to me, um, gee, you know, I don't know why, why on earth we would pay uh, an executor three and a half percent. I always kind of smile to myself thinking it's. It's really, I think, one. I can't swear, so I'm, I'm not going to. But it's really one of the worst jobs out there because you're, you're dealing with uh, so much bureaucracy. You know, whether it's just getting banks to kind of change the account to estate late, whether it's insurance companies, whether it's the master's office, the deeds office, all of that. And in the middle of all of that is an executor trying to get it done as fast as possible. Uh, obviously, there are people that are distraught and bereaved on the other side. So the family members are. are uh, you, you know, not in a good state, usually emotionally, I, I would hope that they're not in a good state. Um, and and then, you know, potentially they're under financial duress and, and desperately need money. And, and, you know, if the breadwinner of the family has died and all of this relies on the executor who needs to rely on everybody else. So my view is, yes, uh, you, uh, Terence is right. You can negotiate the executor's fee. And if you have a very large estate and and, and in my mind, we're kind of in the tens to twenties uh, of millions of rands and more. Then you are and you are entitled and should feel entitled to negotiate. If your estate's going to be two or three million rand, I think you find yourself a good executor um, and you you are grateful that they do the the job well for your loved ones because that's really what this is what what this is all about. It's a job I wouldn't want to take on, Warren, even at a fee, as you said. Trying to close accounts, transfer accounts, dealing with all the red tape—it's a lot of work. So, so Terence, someone's going to be listening to this, thinking, you know, I'm 23 years old. Uh, I've got no beneficiaries. I've got no kids. I've got no wives. I've got no husbands. Uh, I'm kind of footloose and fancy, fancy free. I don't own much stuff. I've just got a bit of debt. Um, these guys are talking about wills. I mean, I don't need a will. Like, why? why? I've got no one. I've got nothing. Uh, what's the deal? Why do I need a will? Warren, I think you still need to plan for that and you still should have a will because one day that situation can change and there's the potential for that change and perhaps you haven't thought of it at that point in time. So, you know, set it up now and make sure that your voice is heard when you're not here and that's, we have that freedom of choice. Um, by failing to take that freedom of choice, that freedom of testation, you now leave it up to the courts, as you've said, the inefficiencies that lie within there and the delays. And there's a law in South Africa called the Intestate Succession Act. And that would govern who now benefits from your estate. And perhaps, like you said, you are 23, you don't have much. So, you know, next in line could be your parents, whereas you might have wanted to leave it to somebody else. So I think having that freedom and being able to document what you'd like is vitally important. And we can keep it very, very simple. A will can be a one or two page document. You don't need complexity. We don't need to fill it with legalese and complicate it. Um, and then it's something now that you've got in place, it's a foundation. 
And as life changes and you start growing your wealth and maybe acquire a property, et cetera, you can now revise and update that will, but we have something to start working with. Yeah, you know, and I think for, for me also, just most practically, you know, if you're 23 and you, and, you know, you think you're going to live forever because we're all going to live forever when we're 23 years old. Uh, um, the, the one thing to know is if you die in an accident, uh, like, how do you, I mean, how do you want to be buried or do you want to be cremated or, uh, you know, and, and like, you know, leaving it up to, again, now a government official, because that's what's happening now. You haven't got a will. So it's not just up to your family. They can't just decide. And now there's government officials involved and they're going to decide what happens to you. And, and so, you know, at its most basic level, I mean, if you just want to be sure that you're going to be either buried or cremated or whatever it is, Put it in a will, write it down, give it to the family to make sure they've got copies. Uh, you know, you don't want government officials to be deciding uh, your, your fate uh, at, at the end of your life. And, and you're not leaving behind a gift to your parents, let's say, you know, if you die without a will, you're leaving behind a mess. Uh, and, and, and so in short answer for me always is everybody over the age of 18 needs a will. That's, that's, the, that's the deal. And when you've got good people like Terrence, uh, um, who, you kind of say, I'll help you. And, you know, what, uh, every year at Will's Week, they're gonna, he's going to give out free wills. Then, uh, gee, take advantage. You know, you haven't got an excuse now. The, the only excuse you've got is you were lazy and you wanted to leave behind a mess to your family because, you, you know, you didn't think about this. So uh, this is the Honest Money Show. That was a little bit of honesty. Um, I, I want to jump ahead a bit, uh, 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 Terence, because the thing that bothers me with uh, w when I do kind of talks to an audience of people and I ask them uh, to to put up their hands if they are parents, and then you'll see, you know, let's say three quarters of the audience will put up their hands, and then I'll say, please keep your hands up if you don't have a will, and about half of those uh, will so will keep their hands up. So in other words, about a third of the of the audience every time so far. Uh, will 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 say that they don't have a will and they've got kids, uh, and and for for me this is kind of a a, a real tragedy we need to talk about because uh, one of the things you can put into a will is uh, you can nominate who's going to look after your children if you die if you know mom and dad die let's say they die in a car accident uh, who who looks after the young kids now if you if you haven't written it down again and it's not in a will again what you've done is you've left behind a mess. So, so now is it your parents? In other words, the, the grandparents of, of these youngsters, are, are they now you know, late in life going to become parents again, having to look after toddlers or teenagers? And I mean, we all know teenagers uh, and, and grandparents, that's, that's a proper generation gap. Uh, you know, is that a gift to the, to the kids or the, or the grandparents? Uh, and, and if it's not the grandparents, is it your siblings? Is it you know, good family friends? All of that needs to be covered in the world. Like if there's no money, if you've just got debts and you've, and you've got kids, doesn't matter, nominate someone and put it down in, in your world. Like uh, this stuff needs to be uh, thought about, you know, the day you have your, 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 your first child, that, that world needs to be in place. You, you just need to know um, you're doing something which is both a gift to your child and also, again, saving a hassle. Warren, it gets me into trouble because I've been saying it every year for years. If you're a parent without a will, you're a negligent parent. Um, and like you say, honest money. And that, I just feel like it's such a first step of the financial planning process, especially for parents. I mean, I can't think of anything worse now. Your child loses both mom and dad. So life instantaneously changes for them. And now they don't know where they're going to go and sleep that night. Who's going to look after them? Who's going to take them to school? You know, who's going to pay for things? Um, and like you said, that's the most important element of the world for a parent is who's going to look after your children physically, where they're going to be, 
And then how are we going to protect their inheritance? Um, and I'm sure you're going to touch on this, but within the will planning process, because it's not a simple template. Ladies and gents, we need to make sure that we plan this correctly. And a an critically important part, especially for parents, is a provision for a testamentary trust. Something put in place to look after the inheritance for your kids. Because again, we don't want to now you know, lean on the courts in what's called the Guardians Fund. Uh, you want to make sure that that money is protected and looked after. And if there's significant inheritance, unfortunately, we've seen money does crazy things to people. So leaving it to your trusted family member, I don't recommend. It's like the lotto effect. People won't make wise decisions, especially as Warren said earlier, when we're emotional and we're distraught and life has changed forever. You know, it's, it's better to have a documented guide. Your, your will is almost part of, well, it is part of your financial plan. It's a, a document that guides us now what should happen in your thinking when you're not here. And as a parent, setting up who's going to be guardians and who's going to be trustees is critically important. So, so let's, uh, I think you're making a fantastic point there, Terence. So let's just kind of uh, make a little bit of a practical example. So uh, it's mom and dad, they're young, they're, they're, you know, they don't have a lot of assets. Let, let's just say they've got a, a small home, um, you know, they've got a bit of a bond, uh, so they've got life cover. So they've got life cover to pay for the, the, the outstanding bond so that, that if they die, um, the, the, the child will inherit uh, a property, which is, which is a gift in a way. Um, and in addition to that, there, there might be a few more million that, that also get paid out as a, as a life policy. What you're saying there is uh, that, you know, let, let's just say that cash that's now sitting in a, a you know, paying out, uh, you know, to a child, uh, let's say a three-year-old kid, you know, is suddenly going to inherit, uh, you know, three million rand. It, 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 you know, that's, um, I mean, on the one side, it's great financial planning that you've done something and there's now a, a financial provision. So well done. We, we, we think that's good. But the next thing, and that's what Terence is talking about, so I think we need to unpack it a little bit, is uh, you can put in a will that, that you create a, a legal vehicle which protects that money for the benefit of your child. So what it says is, uh, um, you know, if mom and dad die, this money, well, the three million rand now goes into uh, something new, and it, it gets created on the on the death of mom and dad. So it doesn't exist the day before. Next day, it exists, and it's and it's this thing called a testamentary trust, right? I'm I'm, I'm using the right jargon there, testamentary trust, Terence. That's it, hundred percent right. And like you say, there's there's no cost for it now because it doesn't set up yet, Warren. It's not in place until mom and dad have passed. Because as you quite rightly said, you can't, a three-year-old can't inherit in their personal capacity. Imagine that, a three-year-old getting three million rand. It's just not possible. So who's going to get it and how's it going to be protected? And, and so it goes in there. And, and then who, uh, who decides, who, who looks after that money uh, for, for, for the child? Is, it, is that something that you write in the will? Absolutely, yes. So they would have trustees. So you've got, uh, you must have an independent trustee um, who, they, who understands trust law and planning and tax, etc. because you've got to make certain declarations to SARS and you've got to open a bank account. But then nominate now family that you trust, people that align to your thinking, share your values. So it could be siblings, could be cousins, your parents, you know, or the grandparents of the child. And the purpose of that testamentary trust, Warren, is to pay what you would have paid. So it's to continue paying medical aid, school fees, clothing, holidays. Uh, and it's designed, the, the, the trustees all have an obligation, this thing called a fiduciary duty, 
to look after that money purely for the benefit of the child or children and to make sure that they're looked after until a particular age. And at that point in time, now, again, the trustees would uh, discuss with each other. And at that point in time, that testamentary trust would dissolve and that child would now receive hopefully those leftover millions and that can set them up for the rest of their life. So, so we're talking about, you know, just as an example, it's not prescribed, you know, it doesn't, there isn't a specific age where you say it must be closed at age 18 or 21 or something. But, but so let's just say that there's, there's good planning there and they do it to age 25. Uh, that means that the hope is that the, the child by then is, is well educated around money, understands, uh, you know, they're not, they're not going to blow it. I'm, 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 I'm laughing a little bit because I'm thinking me at age 25, if I inherited a few million rand, I'm not sure I would have uh, I would have been that sensible with it, but but you've got to inherit the money at some point, and and then you get that you get paid that money um, out. The trustees uh, don't get uh, I mean it's not that they get a share of the money. They're they're then uh, disclosed and um, sorry not disclosed. They've they've now done their job. They 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 exit and and the young adult now carries on in in life. I'm I'm thinking Terence and, and and I'm not trying to catch you out, so you can say if you don't know. But what happens if it's a house? I'm just thinking about I created this wonderful example, and I suddenly thought. Can you put the house into a testamentary trust as well? So Warren, they'll, they'll look at practicalities of that. So we can put that house in the trust, but is there going to be sufficient liquidity and cash to sustain that house? Because it's marvelous that we now put a 2 million rand house in a trust, but that trust doesn't have the ability to earn an income or generate revenue unless it maybe rents out the house. And this is, as you said, having life cover not only equal to the bond, but at a higher amount so that we can, one, sustain the child and, two, keep that property going. Um, but that's a decision, obviously, you'll put in your will, but it will also come down to practicalities at the time and the trustees would have to meet. They would have a special meeting, for instance, because maybe that area is no longer suitable or, you know, the property needs major repair, so we need money for it. So it's there's a lot to consider, but yes, it is. Uh, for instance, Warren, it's probably not practical to put a car in a trust if the child's three and to keep it till they're 25, you know. So that kind of thing, they would try and sell it at a fair market value. Um, but that's where the planning comes in. And again, why I'm just reiterating not to use a template. Talk to a planning professional when drafting your will. And so as we're talking now, I'm thinking, you know, I mean, if it's just a kind of a generic townhouse or, you know, an apartment or something, uh, it's pr probably best not to stipulate that it goes into the testamentary trust. Rather, in your will, say to the executor, I, I want you to sell this, you know, it's bond free now, but I want you to sell it. Uh, and the cash goes into the testamentary trust, and then the trustees, uh, you know, have a lot more flexibility to manage something. So, um, Ter Terence is being really nice to say, Warren, that's a stupid idea, but, but, but now we've got it. Now we've landed on somewhere good. Um, so, so we're we're burning through our time, Terence, and I, and I just want to make sure we're covering uh, we're, we're covering most of what we need to. Is there is there another kind of important point that you want us to to, to tell to, tell people about before we wrap up? Your will is not a static document. Um, many times I've spoken with clients who drafted their will 10, 15, 20 years ago when they got married or when conscription was still compulsory, so just before going to the army. I mean, I met a chap. He did his will in 1981 and hasn't looked at it since. Um, and he left everything to his parents, according to that will. Um, and now what about his wife and three kids? And he's got a significant estate. Um, and legally, it's going to the parents. Um, there, there are provisions where the wife can submit a claim, but we don't want to complicate things. Um, but don't make your will, don't think your will is done today and forgotten. 
especially with young children. And mine personally, Warren, my daughter's eight. We've revised our will three times in the last eight years and changed guardian nominations because of age parameters. People have moved. Uh, sadly, one set of guardians passed away. So it's, it's something you review and you need to change and update accordingly. But I also recommend keeping it simple. So unless there's specific need, don't mention I drive an XYZ 4x4. Just say my vehicle or my primary residence as opposed to the specific address. Um, it prevents you from always having to update. Um, and then remember as well, Warren, I think a big one, and I had this with a mom recently, is a nomination for guardianship is not an obligation. And she, we had to unpack that because she wanted to nominate certain people. And I said, but they're not at that point in time. The masters are now going to say, listen, will you take over the parenting of this child? They might decline. So always have an alternative option in your will on anybody. The executor, the trustees, and the guardians have an alternative or second option just in case. Uh, I think it's, uh, I actually never thought of that. And I think it's a really powerful point. And also, you know, just to understand that, uh, I mean, once you've got a will today, uh, as Terence says, it doesn't need to be a, a static thing done for life. Uh, what will happen, it's almost the first line of every single will is, you know, it, it says there was some some little bit of uh, explanation, but it kind of says all the previous wills that have been written by me are now no longer valid. And this is the one, the one that's to the current date, uh, that, that's the most valid one and all the others can be uh, are now invalidated so you can have 15 wills all over the place you know and 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 uh, they're not all valid you don't have to go and find them and burn them or whatever the the, the most current one is is the one that's valid it's ideal to, to not keep wills all over uh, i mean try try and make life simple but, uh, but but that's the point is that the one with the most recent date is the one that uh, that, that is, is valid uh, Terrence, and Warren, you, you've touched on something there which is critically important from a bit of the technicalities is please make sure you date your will. We've also seen people where the person drafting the will has signed it, they never got witnesses, and they never dated it. It's not a valid will. So please ensure that you have two witnesses who are not mentioned in the will and who don't benefit from the will, so completely independent people, to witness the act of you signing it. They don't have to read the will. They don't need to know the contents of the will. But the three of you need to sit together, have a cup of coffee, and all sign that will and write there where you've signed it, so Johannesburg, Cape Town, wherever it might be, with the date. And do this on every page, the signatures, and on the final page, date and place. Uh, I mean, it's a key point, you know, the, the wills, uh, wills have a few kind of rules, and that's definitely one of them, you know, the, the witnesses not related to you in, in, in terms of getting something from the will uh, is, is key, and, uh, and that they actually did see you sign everything, uh, and then the date, as Terence says, uh, you know, a PowerPoint there. Uh, uh, Terence, um, we ask every, uh, every guest when they've come on to Honest Money for the first time, our favorite question. Which is uh, and and just to brief you already, it doesn't need to be specific around wills or around money. It can be anything. But uh, if you meet a twenty-one-year-old Terence uh, um, now today, with the benefit of everything you've learned in life so far, what would be the one piece of advice you would like to give uh, our, our young Terence? Invest twenty-five percent of your salary straight away. Every day, every month, every month, twenty-five percent. Get used to it. Just do it. Um, you'll, it'll hurt for two or three months and then you'll forget about it. 
and just let it go monthly and yeah, let the power of compounding take over. Terence Tobin, uh, he's the founder of Rich Ideas, all-round good man and, uh, and your source of a free will in Will's Week. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show and being, being so willing to help people out there and to share your knowledge. It's great to have you. Thanks, Warren, and Honest Money for all the great stuff you do for everybody. And let's keep changing lives. Brought to you by Prescient Investment Management. Informed by science. Guided by insight. Prescient Investment Management is an authorized FSP. 